0: soon in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl
1: welcome folks to another episode of inside inside sales as you may or may not know we recently crossed the 50 episode marker and that was pretty significant the show began with us just doing kind of like one podcast a month and we're just squeezing it in there's something to talk about and then over time uh, we're getting some feedback from people internal external you guys and you're like we want more and I'm like "Ah." More. My schedule's already busy. But I was having so much fun. I'm like, let's do it. Before you know it, the shows just they just they go crazy. And the numbers have been fantastic. We watched the numbers continue to go. Up and up and up. I continue to get contacted by each of you, giving me crap, saying you sucked here, Prale. You missed this point. You didn't talk about this, or giving me compliments, or saying you know you need to have people on your on your show on a regular basis. And in fact, today's guest was the result of a recommendation. And in fact, I got another one this morning, and I've reached out to. So, you know what's really cool about this community that you and I have with one another and our and our colleagues is it's a show for us by us. That's how I kind of view it. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much. If this is your first. Time. welcome to the family. One request that we family members like to do with one another, of course, is ask us to support one another. So to that effect, I'm gonna do a little push here. A little shout out. Please. you get a chance. go on to iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else. Give us a like, give us a share. It's grateful. It raises us in the in the profile and gets us more listeners. So that's fantastic. With that, I want to share a story. I was recently at an event where we were talking about, the significance of asking questions. And it wasn't just, you know, asking questions around things like disco, like discovery, like not too long ago, we had Randy Ramirezma on the pod. If he didn't catch that, Go check out his episode actually it was a really good episode in fact i just called it out as one of my top five episodes of the year i loved we we're talking about how to do discovery which is a frame a form of asking questions i was sharing with these people how framing questions the right way is so powerful and i had a couple of different instances i was talking about one i was talking about a personal one for me it was when i'm looking for a job it's all about asking the right questions in the interview and you know the drill right do you have any questions for us anything you want to know and like no no that's good i've done my research and i'm you know what's the salary what's the role what's the career plan you know what's the promotion plan yeah you know the basics and that's great we all do the basics and then what happens though as you all know is you get into the job and you start to understand some nuances some idiosyncrasies that perhaps you recognize upon reflection you should have asked a few more questions and you would have known about what to expect. And then and then it would have been your choice whether to take that job. Now you took the job, you're there, and those nuances, those idiosyncrasies are affecting your performance. They're perhaps not as represented in the job interview, and here you are. You left an old job to take this job, and all of a sudden that old job is looking pretty good. It all comes down to the power of the questions. And too many of us don't take time to ask good questions. Questions and there's lots of reasons. We're overwhelmed. We don't want to scare it away We don't want to ruin the opportunity We don't want to jinx the mojo the the good feelings the vibes that are going on But we don't ask them or or better yet. We don't prepare so we know in that job interview example We know we're gonna have a job interview. We know we're gonna have a chance to ask questions yet. We don't prepare we don't go around maybe you know some of us do some of us don't ask questions of other past colleagues. A recruiter a friend of mine once gave me an example but the first thing he tells people to do is go on LinkedIn, find former employees of that prospective hire and call them up and say, "I just want to ask you what was it like? You know, what do I need to know? Who are the individuals I should be aware of? Who sh- who should I in- give a big high five to? Can I reference your name that we talked together so they know I did my homework?" Whatever it might be. Brilliant advice. It's always about asking questions. The other part I was talking to somebody actually was a a new hire here at VanillaSoft, and they were in the support role. And I said, listen, you're going to get some grief. Some customers are just not nice customers. They call you up. They're going to yell at you. They're going to bitch at you. They're going to swear at you. They're going to hang up on you. And I said, the trick to diffusing that whole situation is not to endure that abuse. The trick is to, in fact, ask the questions to engage them so they feel like part of the process. They feel like you're actively listening. I said, you know, your success at being a rock star support person really comes down not to your technical product knowledge, it comes down to how you can connect with the other person. It is a soft skill that you need to master right away. So then I had that moment, that epiphany, right? We go, man, I'm talking to somebody, you know, the other day about job interviews. I'm talking to this person about technical support. And the overriding theme is how do you ask good questions? So then I went to my good friend, Ollie, Ollie over at Creation Agency. And I said, Ollie, I need a rockstar individual who knows how to ask good questions. And Ollie said, dude, have I got the guy for you. You need to talk to Matt Ruder. Now, Matt, if you don't know him, if the name is new to you, he's the sales development manager who's hitting it out of the park, by the way. Ollie, he couldn't stop bragging about him. He's with GTT. If you don't know GTT, they're the third largest networking backbone in the world. They're all about internet connectivity, voice, and security, and they provide their services to enterprise customers. So, hey, you're third largest. You're doing something right. So, with that, I reached out to him. Matt said, I'm on. Let's do it. Matt, welcome to the show, my friend. So nice to have you here.
2: Thanks, Daryl. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm a big fan of the show. I love just sharing all of this knowledge that I've gained over the years of doing sales development. So I'm happy to talk
1: and now as a sales development manager, someone who's knocking it out of the park using all these terms, I'm guessing you've had a question or two in your time frame that caught you off guard as well. And it's twofold, right? Because you've got the questions that are being asked of you, but then the reality is as a sales professional, your whole point is to get information from the prospect and how you frame that question. Not unlike the support person who needs information from them so they can fix their problem, fix their technical issue. You're trying to fix a business issue. Were you good at the beginning when you started asking questions? Or or is that a gift you have, you think, one of your soft skills, by the gift of God, you've got it? Or is this a skill set you had to actually work on?
2: So I think it's kind of twofold. I think I do have a natural gift of curiosity of just trying to figure out what the person is actually saying. A lot of times it started by them giving me an objection and I began taking that objection and saying, okay, what's the underlying reason of why you're telling me you're not interested? And I'm, I'm not gonna take it at face value of what you say. I'm gonna dig into that and ask deeper questions to kind of get to the root of that. So it's definitely something that I've been working at I had a sales trainer at my last organization, Dan Reinbold. I got a shout out to him because he was just a master at this and just teaching us how to ask open-ended questions and have a goal for getting to where our questions, a goal of where we want our questions to go to at the end. It's something I've been working on, but it's also something I guess is internal to me. And it's something that I'm good at.
1: Give me an example of when you realize perhaps you weren't the best question asker early in your career you're nodding your head already I see that is it kind of like when your manager is is saying did you get this information this information this information you know you talk to these people do you know who the people are and you're like no or was it you just were getting one word answers and, and not able to get the information you want like, like talk to me what was your experience when you realized perhaps this is a skill you needed to improve
2: for me, the scariest thing was, was selling IT networking services to CIOs, VPs of IT, people who have degrees in this, people who research this for fun, and, and they understand this in, in a whole different realm than I did. One, it was scary trying to figure out, what if I ask a question that I don't know the answer to? Where do I go from there? And for me, it, it's all been about that's actually, as an SDR, the perfect reason for us to get on a call and for us to talk is if they ask you a question that you don't know, because that's the reason that they should talk to an AE or somebody who can give them that information. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it, it's it's been something that I've I've had to work out for sure. But,
1: you know, the one thing it's funny to hear you say that, because that's the one comment I hear from people over and over again. And if you're, this is your way you're feeling, folks, you're not alone. Which is, people are often afraid to ask questions because of the fact that they're talking to somebody who is either higher up on the totem pole and, and, and the organizational, high, you know, or chart. You're talking to a C or V level, and you're not. And you're like, ooh, what if I look dumb? What if he laughs at me or just hangs up at me because I'm a moron? What if he outs me for not understanding my product? That like he knows my space and my category better than I know my space or my category. So, how? How did you overcome that? The sheer skill of asking a question starts with actually, to your point, having confidence in yourself and confidence in your offering. So how did you overcome that insecurity, for lack of a better word?
2: So it's just learning about the products in more in depth. It's learning on your own. It's learning how to communicate with, with them about that. I think the, the main thing is just repetition just learning from failures, failing, overcoming that, going back, listening to recordings, listening to how it worked um, or how the conversation went. It's something that obviously it takes a lot of work to do. It's not something that comes easily to anybody. And so you have to constantly be changing your craft and getting better at it.
1: Okay. So folks, I love what, what Matt just said. Okay, And we've talked about this before in the past. Let me ask the question. We've talked about learning your product. How many of you are actively learning your product? I don't know if you picked up what Matt did. He said something really matter of fact. He said, you know, learning my product on my own, after hours. In other words, he committed to his craft. So that's the first thing. And I know a lot of you are, it's a lifestyle. I'm working nine to five. If you choose that and that's cool, then you may not have the success. That you want to, if you do something like what like Matt's suggesting, which is learning the product, intentionally seeking out experts, asking questions. And here's the irony, right? Asking questions, not of prospects, but asking questions of your in-house subject matter experts. It's all about knowledge. Second one he said was repetition. Oh my gosh, I love this. You need to give yourself permission to ask Dumb questions. You need to say, it's okay. I'm going to get shot down. I'm going to look like a fool. I'm going to stumble and fumble and bumble, but I shall get better because of it. So whether it's ten conversations, a hundred conversations, a thousand conversations, at the end of the day, I'm gonna be kick ass better eventually. And I'm working towards that goal. The last thing I love what he said was he said listen to your recordings. We've talked about this before too, right? Is if you're not recording, well, you should look at a solution that can do that. Uh, a lot of sales engagement solutions can do that. Vanilla Soft is part of our offerings, or you can go to conversational analytics, like that big gong, a chorus, refract, you know, those kind of solutions. And they give you a lot of insights. They tell you crutch words you use all the time. Are you listening more than you're talking? Are you so busy focused on what you want to ask that you're actually not hearing what they're saying? Because your questions should be driven largely based on the conversation. In other words, it's a back and forth. It's not about you. So that's the big part. I love that, Matt. Now, you've got kind of four approaches to this. We talked in advance about your philosophy, and I want to hit those up. But before we can do that, we got to skip away for just a few seconds. We'll be right back.
3: CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft
1: for free at VanillaSoft.com. All right, so we're back. So Let's start with the first thing. When it comes to asking a good question, the first part is structure. Is that not correct? Talk to me about structure.
2: You've got to understand first off what the goal is of asking the question. You've got to Formulate a question that's going to get you to that goal. And that starts with asking open-ended questions. You don't want a yes or no answer because that shuts the conversation down and that doesn't open up the prospect. When I'm teaching my teams or teaching SDRs, it's who, what, when, where, why, how, tell me more, please explain. Those are the the ways that you start the conversation off that's going to give you an answer that's detailed and not just an answer that um, ends in a yes or no. Give me an example if you're going to say i'm not interested instead of what i call running the objection rabbit hole right which is where i'm not interested (laughs) why are you not interested tell me this tell me that and you just end up way away from the goal which is setting an appointment so if you said you're not interested i would dig in on that and i would say out of curiosity why do you say that you're not interested and it's the way that i ask that question I can't just say, why are you not interested? It's out of curiosity, why are you not interested? Because that's going to allow you to give me the underlying objection, which is going to be, I'm not the right person. And then that's going to allow me to ask a good question on, why do you think that you're not the right person? I'm not going to ask who is the right person, because that's going to lead down a, a trail that leads me to you saying, I can't give out that information, and then I'm done. Does that make sense? Wow, that's
1: actually subtle. So let me see if I could dissect that structure a little bit. One of the things you did was it was very disarming. It wasn't why not, which is adversarial. You said out of curiosity, can you tell me why you know, you're know you not interested? Second part was it wasn't a yes, no. It was open-ended, which is always interesting when it's open-ended. They're going to ramble a little bit and give you lots of answers. And one of those things you can, you can pull apart, one of those threads you can pick apart to go further. But I really like the part, you've actually really impressed me in the part where you said, why do you think you're not the right person? because I get so many people on a regular basis saying to me, you know, they they ping me, not even the conversations, usually starts social selling or an email, and they're like, hey, do you, uh, no, are you interested in our, our solution? And I'll say something like, I'll actually take time out of my schedule and say, we've already got that solution, thank you so much. And they'll respond back to saying, Well, who would be the right person to talk to? And I shake my head in in my case, and I'm going, if you look at my LinkedIn profile, if look where I am in the organization chart, you're actually asking who truly has authority. Clearly, it's not you, Daryl. And there's only one person higher in my company than me. So that shouldn't be hard to figure out. And I find it offensive. I'm like, really? And that's when I shut it down. But here's the big thing. I then turn around and I call my colleagues and I say, if you get contacted by some guy named Matt Reuter, I've already shut him down, just ignore it. And they do the same to me, too. But if you said to me, why do you think you're not the right person? My reaction is completely different. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Are there other kinds or styles of questions? You've got the disarming approach. You've got the open-ended approach. Are there other structure aspects that you use from time to time?
2: Yeah, so... That kind of leads into one of my other points that I'm just going to get off topic a little bit and talk about. But so the whole thing comes around, you know, you have to have a goal um, for, for asking these questions. You can't just ask questions to ask questions. You have to have questions that are pinpointed to get to the goal that you want. What I like to do with my SDRs is have them pick five, six things that our business could help the prospect's business out with, right? And so we know in in the telecom industry that customer service is something that people struggle with. If you've ever had to call your cell phone provider, you know that it's a nightmare trying to get a hold of them to do anything right and to make any changes to your bill or anything like that. So that's one of the avenues that we go down. And so the goal is to formulate questions that get you to that goal. And so what they'll do is is they'll say, okay, my goal in mind is customer service. If I can get the prospect to talk about an issue that they have with customer service, that's a reason for us to book a meeting. So that's where we need to get to. So they will go and formulate questions to get to that goal. And so, as you put those goals down on paper and you, you figure out your different avenues that you have to get to the meeting, once they shut down one of those avenues, let's say customer service is not a problem. You move to the next goal and you have your questions in line. So it's all about getting a pathway and, you know, having a, an avenue, I guess, to say, to get to that overall goal. Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense. So that kind of goes back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier, which is the whole point of, of knowing of having a plan, of prepping, right? So in your case, you use the example, I have a goal. When I talk to this person, I want to have a conversation around customer service. Therefore, my questions I'm going to ask are going to be around that. So I'm going to assume that when you're selling a certain product or service, some of the goals are going to be the same every single time. What are your thoughts? Do you tend to create a collection of questions that support certain goals so i can reuse them over and over again is that an approach that you recommend or are you more of the style let the conversation go where it goes just have a goal but let it be organic and natural it doesn't need to do the same question every single time
2: It's kind of a mix. I think there are a couple questions that are really good to have in your back pocket and to know by heart and to know. You also have to have that human element of being able to navigate a conversation and knowing what avenue you're going to take next. I think a really good exercise for this to get started with it is to write down your goals and the ways that you're going to set the reasons that people will take meetings for. And then write down five to 10 questions about each of those goals. And you're going to start practicing using those. And you'll start to find the ones that that you go back to over and over and the ones that work the best for you. They get the best outcomes.
1: And if you don't know that, let's say you're early in your career as a sales development rep or you're at a a new company, what's the best way to figure those out in a hurry? Is it to talk to your boss? Is it to talk to colleagues? Is it to figure out who in the company is the kick ass top-notch over and over again, award-winning SDR, and then just steal their questions. Like, what's your experience? And it's interesting because you, as a sales development manager, I'm sure you're actually very cognizant of the questions that are being asked. You probably want some consistency.
2: Yeah, so to put it into perspective on how, you know, how important this is to me, the first thing I did when I got here was contact the director of our training department and say, what are the three to five things that you say is our differentiator. This is what makes us unique and the reasons that people like to meet with us. You can ask your AEs that. They have a lot of conversations with prospects on a day-to-day basis. You can talk to marketing folks. Daryl, I think if, if I was at your company, you'd be a perfect person to ask, hey, what are the five things that we're trying to sell and pitch, what value are we bringing the organization and then start there.
1: Here's the irony of what Matt just said. He's, he went he out to his company, he went to his learning folks. He's saying, you know, if if someone starting a job at VanillaSoft come to me. What's he doing? He's asking questions. Do you see the irony here? He's asking questions to figure out what questions to ask the prospects, which is all about that continuous learning thing. That's huge. And I will tell you this, if you're if you're scared to go to somebody more senior in your company, don't. One, I want you to come to me. Two, I want you to understand The message that we're already putting out there, because that means I now have a consistent customer experience from the time they talk to, they see my marketing, then they talk to you, which is the next step. Or sometimes it's vice versa. If you find the lead on your own and then, while talking to you, they decide to hit my website, I want that exact same experience. I want a consistent experience. So ask the questions to figure out which questions to ask love that one what are your thoughts on scripts i'm told going off because then we're talking about questions the idea of having the questions maybe not a script per se maybe it's a calling guide ask this question if they answer a go this branch of answer b go this branch or c that branch which leads to another question which leads to another question are you pro that or are you against that
2: i'm more under the mindset of you need to have a guide you need to know how the conversation is going to flow. You have to have an intro. You have to have a story. And I use that specific word right there, a story, because I don't want you to have a value prop. I want you to have a story, give an experience to the customer on the other end of what they're going to get out of it. Once it comes to that, it's just learning. There are really seven objections that I've found. That people say, and knowing your responses to those objections and questions that you can ask to automatically pivot to a different topic, that's probably the best way. But I tell my people all the time, if if I wanted a team full of robots, I could hire them for a lot cheaper than I can hire these guys. So I want them to uh, to have genuine conversations with people because you know, at the end of the day, your people buy from people, and they don't buy from robots. And there's a reason that company we're investing in people to tell the story as opposed to technology to tell the story.
1: So you said a couple of things, I'm rapidly taking notes. One of the things you said, building on top of your point, you had said, ask questions of your in-house experts on your differentiators. You then said, know your objections and how to pivot using different questions. So there's how I differentiate and there's what pushback I'm gonna get. And questions are a great way to lead to one and pivot away from another. It's all about the questions. So quick question for you. Do you know, this is not an open-ended question, do you know what my least favorite question I get asked is?
2: From an SDR that's trying to prospect you? Correct. When do you have time for a quick conversation?
1: Oh, I see. Damn, you're right. Okay, there's two there's that one. I can't stand that one. If you if you send me an email out of the blue and that's what you're going to lead with, delete. And you get me on the call. You actually have me live on the phone. My least favorite question is this. Don't laugh at me. How are you today? I hate that yeah, question. I should
2: have gone with that one.
1: <laughs> it's like, you don't care and I don't care. Let's just move on. You're wasting my time. Please respect my time. So let's recap what I've heard you say here. And it's been gold. All right. So you've said, The power of asking good questions is multiple. I can use them to get to outcomes, but you need to have that goal in mind. What is the outcome you want? The power of a good question is also a good way to pivot away from an objection. Got a bad situation, pivot. Document those common objections so you know them, just like you would document questions that support attaining certain outcomes or certain goals that you want. So invest some time, talk to your in-house experts about that. The thing you said was the structure is huge. Being open-ended, delivering it in such a way that it's not necessarily aggressive or off-putting, but one that elicits a response. Why do you think that, sir, or ma'am, or whatever, or actually never use ma'am. Why do you think that? They don't like ma'am. I've learned that the hard way. So that's very strategic, the stuff you're saying. What I really like about this was you said there's some foundational stuff. Learn your product. Just have that comfort so you're not scared. Repeat it. You're gonna screw it up beginningly in the beginning. Repeat, 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 repeat. And then listen to your recordings, huge. And finally you said, adapt. The ability to be self-aware and say, okay, I screwed that up. I'm gonna try, it's gonna like A-B test, because that didn't work. A, a bomb, let's try B, let's try C. Let's do a, this of a week, I'm gonna mix it up A, B, and C, and see statistically which one gets a better response. All of that was huge. And it was all about the power of the question matt you've been a rock star today i appreciate your time i am so thrilled this conversation admittedly went areas i had even thought of but what i like about it was it's just relational in the end it's it's intentional and it's relational but you're using it as a strategic advantage that doesn't make the person feel that like they're being sold to because you're telling the story and you're having a conversation
2: Dynamite.
1: Best way to get a hold of you, sir, I'm going to guess it's LinkedIn, but you tell me.
2: LinkedIn is is definitely the best way to get a hold of me. Unless you're trying to sell me.
1: (laughs) Unless you're trying to sell me, then don't call me. There we go. So (laughs) if you want to know anything about how to ask a question, contact Matt Reuter. He's your guy. He's at GTT. Check him out on LinkedIn. Follow him now. Don't hesitate. In the meantime, share this episode with all your colleagues because, damn it, they're probably Doing it wrong, and you, my friend, will be the rock star bringing them these wonderful nuggets about the power of asking good questions. My name is Daryl Prale. I'm with VanillaSoft, and this, my friends, is another episode in the can of Inside Inside Sales. Take care, folks.
0: You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside Inside Sales, hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by Vanilla Soft.